0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Here we are in the Spiritual Maturity Series, and I have a sermon here, uh, but we're going to split it as the Holy Ghost has rendered to me yesterday, split it in two uh, parts. So today we're going to be in the same scripture we will be in next week, Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. Colossians, calling epistle to the church at Colossae, He's writing to the Colossians. Um, we're going to be in chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. I'm going to read to your hearing from the NIV. And uh, there's a message in the message. Those who are spiritual will hear the message in the message. And God has something for us here to be encouraged about at the realm. Amen. Thank God. We need to be encouraged and God is, amen, standing by just to see of what sort we are. We need not, amen, be succumbed to covetousness. That happens in the church world. We look at other churches, other ministries, other people, other uh, giftings, and other folk, and uh, if we're not, you know, doing good as or better than What they're doing, we think we have failed and we're not up to par. But God is not judging what idolatrous golf game we're playing. Amen. There's no up to par in the flesh in God. Amen. God is saying be up to par in him. And judge the spirit by the word of God, not by your ability. And we don't judge ourselves by their ability. But we look to see if we're in the will of God for our fellowship, for your own personal life. How about that? If each one will attend to what the Holy Ghost has for you to do in your personal life, when we get together as joint uh, heirs together in Christ and jointly fit together as lively stones, we will be enabled by God to uh, be fitting uh, that which is considered as the sovereign will of God. We want to move expeditiously without delay. Do what the Holy Ghost has said. Don't delay it. Abram delayed it a little. Amen. He didn't have the amount of faith that he should have had at the onset, but uh, he grew in faith and had to leave his land of idolatry and go yonder's way. My God, I thank God for that. And uh, God has a way of building folk up in the most holy faith. Uh, he had uh, to bless Moses with three forties, and And uh, those who from around the way, that's not booze, that's not beer. Amen. <laughs> he had 40 years starting out in Egypt, graduated Egypt University, if you will. Amen. And then coming to a problem, which uh, became something that was going to help him get out of Uh, what he shouldn't be in. Amen. And he began to have a new faith in the next 40 years and get a wife and uh, children and such, and a word from the Lord. And then the last 40, he was able to go forward and help to free the captives and lead them on a journey. Thank God. And uh, we have to realize that God has something for each and every one of us to do in the journey of faith for this church, which, amen, is built upon your personal life, thank God. So what we do, we come in with a certain kind of, amen, posture in in the spirit, and uh, we we settle in, and uh, we are supposed to be fitting and touching and agreeing together. But sometimes there may be a little something-something in our spirit that may not get the fire going the way the Holy Ghost would have it. So there may be something in you, there may be something in me that's hindering the process. And we have to, amen, examine ourselves by the Holy Ghost with this message. So inside this message, there's a message for you. But there's a general message for all of us, amen. So let's look at the scripture. We thank God for his presence and thank God for each and every one of you being here, amen. Amen. Colossians 1, 9 through 14 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. And they, they do mean in every way here. We are body, soul, and spirit. There are bodily things, right? Physical, psychological kind of things. Body, soul. In the soul, you start having the things you are thinking about, aspirations you have, and such. And spirit, those who are saved from the pardon of their sin and the Holy Ghost has come in your life. He has quickened you, awakened you, and your spirit has been regenerated. And now you can communicate with God the way you ought to. So you are body, soul, and spirit. There are a lot of people operating just body, soul, with a dead spirit. Amen. And they cannot attain to the things of God. But so many churches and ministries today are enabling people with a way of acting as if they are in there when they are not. Making them to say things at the altar in the front that did not happen in the spirit inside them. Amen. So we need to look at what this scripture is saying to us. Look what it says, that we're pleasing God in every way, and here it comes. Bearing fruit in every good work. That's the work of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. See, these are the things of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. That means staying put. And giving joyful thanks to the Father. This kind of joy is not a happenstance kind of joy, but it comes by God's Spirit, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of darkness or light. Which one? Of light. See that? There's a difference. We have to be specific. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Did the Bible change? Is the Bible still trying to uh, wash us away from the effects of sin? Amen? From the power of sin, and even from... uh, Uh, being a prospect of sin, because the devil is still calling. Amen. But the Lord is here to shut his mouth. Amen. We cannot allow the spirit of this age to influence the theology of Christ's church. So many souls today have anchored their hopes on the finite hopes of culture in this life, as opposed to the infinite hope of glory who is Jesus. God expects us to be kingdom-minded from the holy kingdom perspective, kingdom-minded, possessing a biblical worldview about hope. The world has their view about hope, but God has his eternal view about hope. And uh, he said it through Paul. In these, we should have what? Faith, hope, and love faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is going to be what? Love. The greatest because it is eternal. We have faith to get to glory, to heaven. Amen. Faith to go through this journey and believe God and get to the other side. That's what faith is for. It's like a rocket ship. Uh, You use all the fuel out of that, and then that one's gone. Then you have another part of the ship is blasting you off. We use faith. Uh, we, we got hope also, because when there's dark times, we have a greater hope, the great hope of glory, who is Jesus. He says, uh, I will be with you even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we have hope. So, and, amen, it comes a time we don't need hope anymore, because now we're in the presence of God. And uh, God is love, amen. And we had love all along. And uh, he walked with us. He talked with us along the way. Love brought me out. Love, well, when nothing else would help, love lifted me. Amen. Love was always there. And uh, when there's trouble, amen, there's an abiding presence called love. His name is Jesus. So love is the greatest. We need Jesus. Even though we have all these gifts from God, if we don't have the intimacy of God moving in us where there is love for how we do things, Not earthly love, heavenly love, how we do things. It means nothing. It's just a lot of noise and a lot of motion, but the wrong purpose. So let us look at the purpose God has for us. What do we need to think about? We need the enduring, staying power of God's Spirit. This is what we are speaking on these next two sermons, God willing. We need the enduring, staying power of God's Spirit. Amen. Now, we we read from Colossians. There's a reason for that. So God needs us to look back at ancient Colossae. And uh, just like ancient Colossae, our modern church uh, has subcultures um, which are challenged by the ongoing tendencies of the postmodern mindset. And this is the axiom to each his own. To each his own. And they look at the Bible as being a relative thing. And we can change it how we want based on what house of God we go to. But there's only one Lord, one faith, and what? One baptism. We forgot and God showed me a picture about myself. He said, "You have one head, but you got a whole lot of hats." <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank God. There may be different uh ministries, but there's one God, one purpose. We should have one purpose, and that should be the purpose that's aligned properly. That's it. That is in Jesus. We can't go out of Jesus away from Jesus. Estrange ourselves away from Jesus and now develop our own thoughts. When we go away from Jesus, that is what we're going to do, develop our own thoughts. And then it will become a free-for-all to each his own. It may seem like freedom, but really you're in bondage because you are now not in the uh, sovereign will of God. You are doing whatever you want and putting God's label on it. But there will come a time when the truth will prevail and Jesus will say, depart from me. I know you not. And when you're outside of God, you're not pleasing God with the faith he gave you. You can only please God with faith, you know. So when you're not pleasing God with faith, you are in an iniquitous state of being. You are not right with God. I don't care how religious and right you sound, look, and dress. My God, you will be iniquitous. God will say, depart from me. I know you not. You want worker of iniquity. People say you don't need to work because it's in Christ alone and faith alone, whatever. But if you have Jesus, there's going to be some faithful works that come from that. You don't work to get the joy of the Lord. You don't work to get heaven. You can't earn it. God puts heaven in you and then the works of heaven will come out of you. Amen. The works of faith are a result of the transforming power of God that has happened in you. You can't fake it to make it. My God, you got to be it. God will make you a holy being. He will transform you so you could be holy. He didn't say act holy. He said. Be ye holy. Amen. He didn't say do some kind of stuff that makes you kind of in the club of holy. No, you got to be it. Then you won't have all these fractured, compartmentalized lives and mentalities. You will have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. I don't have a life with Lisa. Then when she's not with me, have a different life from Lisa. My God, no. It is amen. Lisa here, and Lisa when I'm not here with her. Amen. Thank God. So we got to think like that with God. Don't be two timing God. Amen. Don't be tipping out on God. <laughs> Uh, and there's no sin that you could do that you could hide from God anyway. I don't care how dark the corridor, how secret it may seem. You can't hide from God. God sees and knows every way that we have trod. He never fails. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So let's think about it. We need the what? Enduring, staying power of God's spirit. I want to get in there and stay in there. And God gives me the gift of faith to walk on in there, to get in there. And uh, the Holy Ghost becomes my friend, and I have to agree with him and let him work, work in me. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So he has to come in and do a work in me. I can't do the work in and of myself and then put the Holy Ghost label on it. No. The Holy Ghost has to come in until and work in me until the image of Christ is shining from me. Amen. He has to do that work. We got to allow him to do it. Stop blocking him. Stop vexing him. Stop extinguishing his fire or flame in us. Amen. He wants to come in and do a work. He's a person. Amen. Some of us before this sermon is over, we better say sorry to the Holy Ghost because we have certainly vexed him from time to time. My God, vexed him. That means got on his ever-loving nerves. My God, and he's, amen, picking us out of the mud once again. Amen. And I'm not talking about those high-profile sins. It's those little ones, amen, that we're sitting in church with all of our fineries on thinking ungodly thoughts. And ungodly thoughts could be a disobedience against them that have the what? Rule over you. Amen. Folks don't like that spirit. Folks are going to listen to this podcast and tighten up when they hear that part. Amen. <laughs> but if folks are doing it right in God, they won't be any factions away from the will of God, which causes people to be a cult leader, which causes people to be some kind of uh, person that, amen, has to be pleased uh, as though they are God. And uh, they become your guru leader. And we began to venerate these folks. Instead of venerating God, we're venerating these folks. And they become as God. We don't want them to become as God, do we? No, we want God to be God and everything else. Amen. Uh, You become a liar. Amen. So I'm going to let God be God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, these people in the ancient church of Colossae, they had the same issues. A pluralistic ideology crept into the church. It's not just all about God. We need other things. Didn't that happen in the garden? Didn't the devil trick them to say, you know, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God and you could do whatever, you know and still be, you know, of some kind of high religious quality. But you're not going to, amen, be befitting according to the holy standard of heaven. See, people are going to make their own standard apart from God. Some of the folks at Colossae were already doing that in the demonic spirit that they were born and shaped in, like all of us, but God had given them the new mind— but they wanted to keep that old mind, bring some of that old stuff into the house of God and make it a religious right. See, this ideology, yes, crept in unawares and sometimes awares. They were given a permanent, preserved parking space and a high-choice seat right in the house of God. But this development is not new as it, it, it happened to them, and it, it is also happening to us in our world. That's the reason that God had Paul write Colossians. The people were warned about demonic doctrines planted to cause a hindering miscarriage of the Lord's church. The Lord's church is miscarriaging. They are becoming a social service entity instead of remaining the spiritual organism that it ought to be. They're just all about social organization instead of being God's spiritual organism. Amen. So we are miscarriaging. There has been a breach of covenants, yes, a departure from the development of the true spiritual organism. My God, if we choose to walk in that erroneous path, We will uh, experience what Jude describes as a sensually based existence. He said sensual they are, not having the spirit. In essence, we will uh, embrace a carnal Christianity. And that is an oxymoron, carnal Christianity. God is not necessarily commanding an antisocial type of lifestyle. Well, perhaps as the need arises, as per a consecrated life, sometimes you might a little. Amen. How be it? The holiness uh, of God certainly often calls for us to be countercultural. There's a difference. Instead of antisocial, what? Countercultural. We have our own culture. We don't need the culture of demons. We have a holy way. Amen. And that doesn't mean just having the right kind of dresses and all of that stuff on. My God. You know, don't put no red lipstick on. we holy. That's not what we're talking about. You, I've seen some women with red uh, lipstick. They're going to be in glory better than the ones that don't. Some of them ugly ones need to put some makeup on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. anyhow, now as the saying goes, we are in the world, but what? Not a part of it. That sounds like a hard to to explain. How can we be living in the world and not be a part of it? We are a part of it because we pay taxes and and bills and stuff, like, just like everybody else. But it's a cultural thing, a cultural difference. When we're, you know. In the world, and some of them fall so low that they begin to do husband and wife swapping. Should the saints of God incorporate that into the life of the church? What's good in Rome? Well, when we're in Rome, we got to do like Romans. Well, the hickamaboo, you go with Brother Cabbage Patch, and y'all flip-flop and fly. I don't care if you die. Go ahead and keep on keeping on in your fallen state. That is not what we're doing up in here, up in here. No, God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And it's not just about sensuality either. It's about how you conduct business. It's about, amen, your socialization. Amen. Are you being empathetic to folk? Amen. Amen. And sometimes uh, fat people don't have a chance. They get a little bit of weight on them. Here they come. People think they could touch your stomach, touch you all places on your body. Whoa, you getting chubby. And they think they could just say any and everything. And that's not empathy, is it? No. We have to, amen, treat others the way we want to be treated, and we got to think about it. God said, weep with those who weep, amen. He didn't say stay in the weeping state and enable them to just be, you know, low. But you're there to be be a loving encouragement. Give them information and facts, amen. I heard somebody say, I don't care who speaks the truth, as long as truth is being spoken. That's true. Think about it. If you're really speaking what? The truth. And when you do speak the truth, folks are going to, amen, have a, now a fork in the road. The real good way and the way that has been made that makes people feel comfortable and cozy in the state they are in. Uh, or the way that makes you, amen, realize that you need to change. Or the way that says, oh, stay as ye are. Come as ye are and stay as ye are. Or the way that says, come as ye are, but God's going to fix it so that you don't stay as ye are. You're going to leave better than you were. Amen. (laughs) I need the better than you were. And truth, amen, sometimes hurts a little bit because it's out of the ordinary. It's out of your comfort zone. It's going to make you think, amen, and know that you are off and you got to get on. Amen. There's a way to get on. There's a way that seems right, but the way is going to lead to destruction. I read that in Proverbs this morning in the Bible reading. Amen. There's a lot of destruction ways that seem right in our modern day. Thank God. God said, be in the world, but not a part of it. He meant that, amen. <laughs> but does this mean that we should seek out suffering to be considered holy? Some people think that's it. I'll just starve myself, I'll fast, I'll look dry mouth and look like, you know, a cadaver. Walk around, I'm holy with your stank breath, amen. Thank God. That too is a vain development. That is not the way. Like Paul, we need to learn how to be content when life works uh, and when it doesn't work. Amen. Uh, We can do that uh, when we seek Jesus as our hub in the wheel of life, if you will. He puts everything in the right place, like a A hub in the wheel does. All the spokes are evenly spaced and held firmly together so that the wheel can flow and roll. Amen. And move on. In Colossians, uh, believers were taught to focus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In this short book of four chapters, and if you're in the King James Version, about 2069 words, the words Jesus Christ, or God, appear over 65 times. This tells us that outside of Jesus, it is impossible to endure or live completely in God's will. As needy branches, we must stay connected to who? Unto Jesus. He's our nourishing vine, right? He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Amen? Thank God. Keep that IV in your arm. Amen? You're going to lose what you need. And you should have a walk uh, that is not weary, a walk that is not going to give up. You got to stay in there. You got to stay communicating with God. Keep that communication flow going. You to God and God to you. You to God, God to you. It's a flow, a bi directional flow. Prayer is that. It's a communication. Amen. It's a conversation. Thank God. Not my will, but your will be done. Help me to know your will. He said, here is my will. Amen. And you say, amen, I will do it. Amen. (laughs) Thank God. That is how we will maintain the staying power. Patience. In other words, I call it stay putness. Can you stay put? Amen. (laughs) So that's what the word patience means. It's old English. And they are not, amen, breaking it down the way they ought to, uh, like they do in the Hebrew and in the Greek. But um, just think about that. When you see patience in the New Testament like that, it means staying put in God, amen. Be steadfast, what immovable, always what, abounding in the what, amen, the work of the Lord. We got to do whatever we do in the Lord, our labor is not in vain as long as it's where in, in the Lord, Amen. You can't do something outside of the Lord and then say, Yeah, God told me. No, that pork chop sandwich told you. Amen. You're confused, baby. Go take some Pepto Bismol, fast a little bit, and come to the prayer. Sing a while. Read the scriptures a while till your mind is sober. Amen. Then you're going to be able to differentiate between a uh, fat back and your soul. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. But here are some main life lessons in Colossians. Thank God. And uh, a few little notes, and we'll be done with this part of the discourse. So hang in there. Amen. We are expected to do four things. Number one, please God in everything we do. Please God in everything we do. That's in chapter 1, verse 10. Then in chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, number 2, Know God personally because of Jesus' sacrifice. There's a reason why he sacrificed his life. We can come to him and know him what? Personally. He's our personal savior. And you know the things you did that seemingly are unforgivable, you know, but in Jesus they are forgivable, which makes you have a lot of eternal hope. Amen. Number three, We are expected to depend on Jesus' sacrifice to save us. Depend on it. By Christ alone, we depend on it. That's in chapter 2, verse 8. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, number 4. We are expected to live differently than non-Christians. See, it's in the word. Live differently than non-Christians. Today's idolatrous Jesus is fashioned this way. He's only a savior from pain, but not from sin. He's only a savior from pain, not from sin, which enables people to do whatever they want whenever they want to do it. Right. Long as they have the crack Christ. Uh, He takes the pain away. He takes the, uh, that feeling you feel when you know you did wrong. So you don't want to feel guilty. So the crack Christ is going to take away guilt. That's how he medicates uh, in the false churches. But the real Christ, when he is released, he is like that movie uh, from the book uh, Chronicles of Narnia. He is a lion. Amen? Amen? Yes, he's untamed, but he is approachable. Amen. (laughs) The Lion of Judah. My God. Uh, He needs to be like that. Ferocious is he, and he's going to stomp the devil down. My God. And he's going to destroy sin. He didn't come to destroy us. He he came to destroy what? Sin. But look at the devil. He's using sin to kill, steal, and destroy us. See? See? But Jesus came to eradicate the power of sin. That's great. See, the devil can make himself look like an angel of light, and the scriptures teach that. He can encourage us to hate adult movies and abortion and rape and never miss church and even care for others. When all the while, our commitment to a better life, however we define it, occupies first place in our hearts The only consistent message coming from the world, the flesh, and the devil, that evil trinity, is this. Seek your deepest enjoyment somewhere else than God. I agree with theologians who believe this. Uh, Jesus came to earth to tell us he is the way, you know the rest, the truth, and the life. His death opened the way into God's presence, the greatest blessing of all. His teaching made clear the truth that life does not consist in a return to Eden's comforts. It doesn't even consist in graduation to heaven's bliss. True life is knowing God. Doesn't God say in the scripture, uh, unfortunately, some are going to hear this, depart from me, I what? No, you not. It's like you have disconnected the IV. you either plugged in or you're not, see? You either know him or you don't. You have to be in a current, knowing, intimate relationship, see? Jesus said so. And that life in Christ himself, not the bread uh, he could multiply or the corpse he could resurrect, but him. See, being in him, not the things he could do, but being what in him, having him in us, living with his passions, chasing after his purposes, loving what he loves, experiencing him. Being formed in us until we are actually like him. That's what life should be. Amen. End quote on what I agree with, with some theologians in our modern day. Amen. And it can be enjoyed in good times and bad, can't it? When you have it like that. Sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes level to the ground. But in Jesus, amen, he will keep me from staying on the ground. Amen. Thank God. He helps you get up. Amen. Good man falls a few times, but God will make him get on up. Amen. If we are to experience a victorious walk uh, of biblical faith, that is, then we need the ability to distinguish between the devil's voice and the Holy Spirit's voice. The devil's always trying to mimic. The devil will direct our attention away from Jesus as our Lord. Away from Jesus as the center of our joy to whatever we can obtain in this life as our means of happiness. We can define happiness. See, that is to each his own. God didn't say he's going to bring you into uh, the eternal happiness of heaven, did he? No. The eternal what? Joy. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, happiness, peace, long suffering? No. Love, what? Joy, peace, long-suffering and etc, etc. Uh, we became bent on being blessings instead of developing a right relationship with the person of Christ, when we don't see it the way God says we should see it. Uh, at times, all Jesus seems to be good for is working as a pain reliever. Jesus is not just some kind of aspirin, if you will. Amen, ibuprofen. No. He's more, My God. And uh, we tend to use our senses in religious pep rallies uh, sorry, I mean worship assemblies to accomplish that temporary high that we feel in such events. Amen. Becomes like Christ crack. My God. That limited spiritual ear maintains a carnal appetite, a soulish hunger, and a soulish thirst uh, for that religious high. You have to go there. Amen. It's like an itch that must be scratched by teachers dedicated to take your time and your money, solidifying an off-course journey away from the real Jesus, who is the Christ of the Bible. The one who offers no guarantees of an earthly good life of finite happiness. He didn't call us and say, be ye happy for I am happy. No, be ye what? Holy for I am holy. Sometimes holiness, amen, will bring you through a part of your life where you don't feel too happy. You shouldn't be happy in your sin anyway. The Holy Ghost comes to make you uncomfortable in your sin, not cozy in your sin. My God, hallelujah. Our soulish senses seek after a God, small g God, that will be controlled by an earthbound ideology of life. If our lost flesh would have its way like a Burger King faith, then Jesus must become as Some theologians, I believe, uh, with me are saying the right thing. Uh, A responsive benefactor rather than a holy Lord. See, uh, this is how people want to diminish God. Of course, the Holy Spirit, as our faith teacher of eternal benefits, will always point us to the Jesus of the Bible who came to make us holy, not happy, how the world defines happiness outside of God's will. Uh, In sensual blindness, we will fail to realize how God uh, will see us through the dark, leading us into his eternal light. That is how we experience the power of his grace. He seeks to save all who will accept his plan of salvation. He paid for the campaign of our personal rescue, but we also have the price of a responsible, holy choice to pay. Choosing against the call of the godless world. It has a call. Uh, The devil has a deceitful doctrine out there that's calling folk. My God, various deceitful demonic doctrines seducing folks to go the wrong, dark way that seems to be the right way. We also have our innate sinfulness. Seems like uh, a combination where there's no way out, right? The only alternative to eternal death is eternal life in who? Christ. Amen. And thank God for this name, Christ, because he's the only anointed one of God, who could fulfill all those prophecies of the Redeemer that's going to seek to save that which was lost? Amen. But you got to say yes to him. You got to agree with him. He's trying to save us how he saves us. You can't say, no, save me some other kind of way. Go away. When he throws the lifeline down there in that deep ditch, you better grab and let him pull you on up. Hallelujah. For by that kind of grace are we saved through faith. Faith will say, hold the rope until he pulls you out of there. Thank God. Grace is him coming. He didn't have to come. Coming and throwing a rope down for you. You don't deserve this. Grace says, I'm going to do it anyway. And the gift of God, faith, will say, hold on to the rope. Let him pull you on up. Ephesians 2.8 helps us to know about that. When Jesus abundantly pardons, saving us from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and one day from the what presence of sin, he does not perform his ministry uh, as Savior by neglecting to pull up the weeds of sin in their entirety. When I work in my yard, I look for weeds, little baby ones, because they're going to be big in a minute. Amen? Pull them up while they're little, they're easy to pull up. You wait and wait and be lazy and procrastinate, they're going to become a forest of weeds with deep roots, and they're strangling the good plants. My God, we can't leave them there. Jesus won't leave them there. He gets the little sins out. He gets the leaven out. Oh, a little leaven will what? Leaven a whole lump. Jesus said, well, let me find a little microscopic leaven. There it is. It's trying to develop something. Get out of there. Amen. He will not leave the root so that the plant of sin may recuperate. No, pull the root up too. He pulls up that wicked way by the root. In like manner, God's ministry to us as our Lord Jesus Christ, the one true anointed way of eternal life, will not cultivate fake plants without a true root system. There are plants out there without a what true root system. Just some kind of church crack, getting folk high, and cheerleaders are up there helping promote. My God. And you get all happy, they got the happy shout music as you're giving all your money away. My God. Our Lord concentrates on the holy root system of our being. It's going to be different from what we're used to, what we're born with. It's different. And the flesh will try to impede the progress of that and the initiation of it. The flesh says, no, that doesn't taste right, you know. Uh, But the uh, spirit that God, amen, regenerates will say, oh, that's the food I need. It's like a a, a seed. You plant it in the ground. Looks like it's going to do nothing, a little dried up thing. But the moisture moistens. It loosens it up. And there's preliminary food for the little bitty plant that's inside the seed. There's a little baby plant in there. And then when the food around it moistens up, it has something to eat. It wakes up. Oh, goodness. It eats that food first. Then when it's done with that food, it gets the surrounding nutrients from the soil, and it begins to grow more. And it's sensing there's light Peeking through the dirt. Dirt should be loose enough for some light to be in there. And uh, the process of light energy changing into what it needs, biochemically speaking, photosynthesis. And then the plant can come through, break through a lot of soil to be birthed. Amen. Don't we go through a whole lot of dirt? Sinners would call it something else, sugar, honey, iced tea. You go through a lot of that to be birthed. Amen. Hallelujah anyhow. If I have some some, some ranked sinners up in here, they'll know just what I mean. They'll say, hallelujah, Pastor. I went through a lot of that. I said, but Jesus is here to set you free. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank God. Uh, there's a way out of no way. And folks who are in that dead end, they like to see that there's hope. And then they'll start shouting more than the church folk who forgot about where they came from. Hallelujah. Anyhow, sometimes God got to remind you, you got your little high horse. Let me remind you where you came from. Here's a vision and a dream. Oh, Lord. You get up in the middle of the night. Thank you, Jesus. You brought me from a mighty long ways. I forgot, you know. Thank God. That's what the uh, Spirit is trying to help us remember. We can't get this piety about us where we stick our nose up at folks who are in those desperate, dead-end spots. We got to come to them with the light and love of Jesus and say, there's a better way. Without, amen, talking down to them. Don't disparage them. My God, come to them as though, yes, you're one of them. I just chose this way, and look what it did for me. You can do it too. I was where you're at. Come on, you can do better. Come on, there's better for you. Amen. Let's speak the truth in love. Hallelujah. That's how you do it. You don't act like them to get them. No. Be different, but speak the truth in love and say, oh, look, they got better. My God, I could do better than this. Why am I feasting with pigs? Let me go to my father's house. There's many mansions. If it were not so, he would have told me. He's gone to prepare a place for me. And where he's gone, I can go too. Hallelujah, anyhow. There's better. Thank God. He's not going to leave us there to die. Thank God. He wants us to be planters of good things. Seeds of faith being planted. Are we planting in the marketplace, at work, all around town? Are we doing it? We got to shine like that. Shine out loud. Let's stop this cloak and dagger secret lifestyle. I'm a Christian. I better not say it too loud. I I might offend somebody. No, live it out loud. I'm saved and I'm glad I'm saved. God didn't say be crazy. Because in every other movie, they got some Christian doing something crazy. And got the sinners who have figured it out through science. They're idolatrous, God. There's a better way through science. But if you do science right, it'll point right to God. Every time. Because God is the creator of the universe. Amen. And many scientists have come to know there's an intelligent designer. Some of them have called him his name, Jesus. Some are yet trying to get there. Amen. Let's pray for all the scientists to say, yes, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The anointed one. The one that gives eternal life. Who does not birth us in fakeness, but in realness. Thank God he concentrates on the holy root of our being, transforming our mind. Thank God replaces the wicked root system with the holy root system. He does not want illegitimacy. Uh, He does not want the surfacing of replicas that look the part and lack the life. No, he does not want hypocrites. No, he wants the real field. Hallelujah. Jesus said, keep it real. Hallelujah. In other words, there will not be plastic flowers at his wedding feast in glory. Hallelujah. We're not going to have plastic flowers. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus said, end it right there. Amen. We need the one enduring, staying power. Some people say plastic flowers do last a long time. You don't got to water them and do all that. Yeah, but that's fake, baby. Plus, it's ruining the environment of our earth. They are not going to decompose until like a thousand years and messing up the soil all the way, poisoning us. God does not say let's invent poison. No. He wants the real thing. And it has a cycle. Flowers blossom and bloom some early spring. So pretty. Oh, look at the tulips. Oh, my God. A couple of weeks later, they brown and dead and going in the soil so that the soil can live again. Amen. (laughs) They died that the soil might live. Amen. (laughs) Thank God. And then the other plants that come a little later in the spring, they sprout up. And they last till like summer. And then the summer plants, their turn. Sorry, late spring plants die and help the soil so I can live. Amen. (laughs) Thank God. It's a cycle. That's why God got that cycle. Jesus died that we what might live. Hallelujah. And uh, he didn't stay dead. That's the good part. He rose again. Thank God rose again. We wouldn't be here worshiping uh and, and 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 hoping in his return if he did not rise again. He rose again. His spirit helped us to have church. We wouldn't even have a mind to have church if it had not been for the Holy Ghost, amen, who gave the power. For the risen Christ to come out of that ground, Amen. Thank God, Jesus rose, Amen, and defeated death and defeated hell. Jesus is telling us we can rise again. Though you be dead born, you can live life ah to the fullest. Everlasting life shall be your gift. Let's stand and give Him a praise for eternal life. For we are going to depend on the Holy Ghost as we are praising him, as he's going to give us the enduring staying power of God's spirit. Lord, we thank you for enduring, staying power. I can sense when the Holy Ghost is, amen, going through your heart and your mind. You know there are some parts that are impeding the progress of that. And a little quirks in your character. When God says, do this, and yeah, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I'm a little tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. God said, yeah, yeah, tired, tired, tired. Get on up! Hallelujah! <laughs> thank God he acts like James Brown. He said, get on up! Hallelujah! And we got to rise and pick up our bed and walk. Amen. Some of us, amen, got little parts of our life where we need to pick up that bed and walk. Hallelujah. We of the Realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website www. Dot R-O-A-G-A-P-E dot org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.